Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short and so glad to have you along today. We've been looking at the life of Jesus as we get into the Word of God and talking about Jesus and aspects of his life and his resurrection, his fulfillment of prophecies, his claims to be God and the evidence he's provided that he is actually God come in the flesh. Well, this raises a question. Scripturally, we believe that Jesus was fully human and fully God. So the question arises, did he sin? It's interesting that a survey by George Barna done in 2020, and I haven't seen the latest on this, but it's probably not changed, a survey of believers, people who claim to be born again, 44% believe that Jesus did sin. And only 41% believe that he didn't. How could we believe this? Where does this go? What does the scripture say and is it important? Now, probably a significant factor here is we do believe he's fully God and fully human. And there's a lot of people believe that to, to be human is to sin. To sin is to be human. I'm not sure I agree with that, by the way. Somehow I think that the sinful state is somewhat subhuman. It's less than God created us to be. I don't like saying that God created us to be sinners. God created us to be righteous and like Christ. We have sinned but he is recreating us into the very image of Christ because to be fully human, I believe, is to walk righteously like Christ himself. That's how God created us to be. But let's look at what does the scripture say because we, believe, we base our beliefs about Jesus, about God. We base all our beliefs on the scripture rather than our feelings or some movie we saw or a book we read that by a fiction book or something of this nature. Let's look at these scriptures. Hebrews chapter 4 reads this. For we do not have a high priest, speaking of Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Now, brothers and sisters, it's important to realize there's a difference between temptation and sin. A lot of people get confused about this because Jesus talked in the Sermon on the Mount. He said such things. You've heard that it was said you should not commit adultery. But I say, if you look upon a woman to lust for her, you committed adultery already in your heart. And he also said, you've heard it was said you should not commit murder. But basically, if you have hatred in your heart or you say to your brother, you empty head, good for nothing, fool, things of this nature, you've murdered him in your heart. And sometimes it's difficult to tell the difference between what is temptation, for instance, in lust, what's temptation and what is lust. Simply put, there's a fine line perhaps, but temptation might be to find someone attractive, but then say, but you know, that's not my wife, I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts, and you immediately put that out of your mind, versus lust where you welcome those thoughts, you enjoy those thoughts, you allow those thoughts to find room in your heart and your mind, you you, you cultivate those thoughts and allow them to run wild. That's what Jesus, I believe, was getting at in the Sermon on the Mount. But here we read in Hebrews that he was tempted in all things like you and I, but he was without sin. It's possibly tempted and yet not, and yet not sin. Sometimes we get discouraged when we 
are tempted thinking that we've sinned and we feel bad about ourselves, don't. Jesus was tempted, but he was without sin. There it is, clear as, clear as day. I mean, this is a scripture. After you see a scripture like this, you wonder how in the world anyone could think Jesus sinned. But let's see what some others said. Peter, he spoke about Jesus this way, and he said straight out in 1 Peter chapter 2, Jesus, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. There it is. He committed no sin. And he goes on to talk about why this is important. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds we are healed. There you go. We're starting to see here not only that he did not sin, but why it's important, why it matters. We'll talk about this more in just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, what did Paul think about Jesus? 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to, become, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. There we go. Hebrews tells us this. Peter tells us this. Now Paul tells us Jesus knew no sin, but he became sin. God made him to be sin. As he hung on that cross and he bore our sins, Scripture says he became sin. He, he, God made him to be sin. How about the Apostle John? What did he think? We know that Jesus appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin, none. Folks, this doctrine is taught by basically all the major writers of the New Testament. It's not an insignificant doctrine. How in the world could 44% of believers, of people who say they're born again, how in the world can 44% of them believe that Jesus actually sinned and only 41% believe he didn't? Somewhere, people aren't being taught well in their churches. Some doctrines are not being communicated well, and this is not an insignificant doctrine. This is an important, critical doctrine in understanding who our Savior is, who our Lord is, who Jesus is. You know, all kinds of pastors will say it's all about Jesus. And we hear over and over again, it's all about Jesus. It's not about religion, it's about relationship, relationship with Jesus. All kinds of modern preachers are telling us all about Jesus. But are there people understanding who Jesus is? This is not insignificant. Now, one thing that I think a lot of people get confused about is when Jesus went into the temple. He overturned the money changers' tables. He, 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 you know, he made whips, drove people out of the temple. And they think, aha, that's where he sinned. He had to have sinned there. No. Scripture tells us that zeal for the Father's house is what consumed him. Jesus was not angry because someone took his parking spot or cut him off in traffic. No, Jesus was angry because the, the, his father's house, which was meant to be a house of prayer, had become a place in which the, the religiously powerful and well-connected were ripping off 
the worshipers. They were required to come and worship and pay, pay a shekel or half shekel in the, in the temple tax. But what happened? They, this wasn't the currency they were used to. The people were used to uh, 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 exchanging money in. And when they came from other places and they had to exchange it to get a shekel or a half shekel to pay this tax, the money changers were ripping them off, charging high, high exchange rates that ripped them off. And the poor people who had to have a dove, because these were the ones who had to offer the dove, were the poor. You were, if, if you didn't have much money, then you, you, you were supposed to offer a lamb at the sacrifice. But if you didn't have much money, you could offer a dove. And, and these were the ones that said Jesus, you know, overturned those who were selling the doves. Why? Well, they were ripping off the poor people. And this was upsetting to Jesus, no doubt about it. Not because he was getting ripped off, but because these people who were coming to worship God were being taken advantage of and ripped off. And this was not a sin that he was bothered by this. Brothers and sisters, it's not a sin to get angry at when we see sinfulness. It's not wrong for us to, 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 to so have to mute our, our emotions and our feelings that when we see evil and wickedness that we, are, that we have no uh, expression of, of, of anger towards it. It's wrong to be controlled by our anger. It's wrong to let our anger to become destructive and destroy relationships that we have with others and so forth. But it says of Jesus that he loved righteousness. In Hebrews chapter 1, he loved righteousness and he hated wickedness. There's nothing wrong with hating wickedness. And when we see it, it should disturb us. It should bother us. It should motivate us to, to speak against it, to stand against it, to rectify it as best we can. This is part of being a, a, a holy person. Our Lord Jesus was like this, and it wasn't sin that he was... He was deeply bothered and angered when he saw uh, others oppressing people in the name, particularly in the name of God. We see in one other verse in Hebrews, for it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, speaking again of Jesus, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens, who does not need daily like those high priests to offer for himself offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then to the sins of the people because this he did once for all when he offered up himself the reason this whole doctrine is so important is because if jesus was a sinner if jesus had his own sins he could have never died for yours and mine Keep that in mind. The wages of sin is death. The consequence of sin is death. You and I are under the sentence of death. All the world is under the sentence of death and judgment because of our sin. The gospel message is one who was not under that judgment, one who was not a sinner, stepped forward and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. And it's through his wounds we are healed. It's because God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we could become the righteousness of God. If Jesus was sinful, he could have never died for our sins. 
If Jesus was sinful, you and I are still lost in our sins. You and I are still accountable before God legally for our sins and will be found guilty at the judgment of God. But because he is without sin, he was holy, innocent, undefiled, a spotless lamb. He was able to take upon himself our sins and doing so become our Savior. This is no insignificant doctrine. It's shocking to me how many who would claim to be Christian, claim to be believers, claim to have faith in Jesus Christ, are confused about this. Let's not us be ones, and let's stand for what's good, right, and true. Let's believe it. Amen? Father in heaven, we thank you today for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've been looking these last few weeks at his life more closely. We just find him to be absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Jesus, you, you were human. You had to learn. You had to eat. You had to sleep. You were limited. You, you couldn't be here and there at the same place. You were in a body. You were dependent upon the Father. But your divine nature never changed. You were tempted, but without sin. And Jesus, you, you conquered every single temptation. We think of the major temptations you had there in, in, um, uh, after fasting 40 days in the wilderness. You didn't turn that, those stones into bread. You didn't uh, give in and jump off the temple. You didn't bow down and worship Satan. You passed every test. And Jesus, we thank you that in the Garden of Gethsemane, when, when everything was tempting you to run, that you didn't, but you went to the cross and you bore in your body the cup of the wrath of God. We're so grateful. We give you praise. You are qualified to be the Savior of the world. There's no one else who's gone through their life without sin. There's no one else who's passed every test. You passed every one. And because of that, you're qualified to save us who failed the test. You're qualified to save us who are guilty. You became a sacrifice on our behalf. We're grateful. We praise you. We stand on this truth. We worship you as being fully human, but unlike any who's ever walked this earth, because you passed every test, tempted in all things, and yet without sin, holy, innocent, undefiled. We give you praise, glory, and honor. You are our example, and how we pray we'd follow in your footsteps. How we pray that we too, might die to sin and live to righteousness, that we might live this new life you've called us to, that we might walk with you and please you in all respects. And we thank you that your spirit who lives in us gives us his power and is transforming us to be more and more like Jesus, like yourself, Jesus. And how we pray, Lord, we don't want to we don't want to buy into a lie that just says because we're human we got to sin. No, Lord, we believe you created humans to be like Jesus. We believe you created humans to walk with you. We believe you created humans to be holy and upright. Oh, yes, we've all sinned. We don't deny it. But you are recreating us to be in the very image of our Lord Jesus Christ. For this, we're grateful, and we give you praise with all of our heart. We love you and worship you today in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we do pray for our friend Peter Thielen, who suffered a heart attack yesterday and is in, in uh, the ICU. We pray you bring healing to his body. Pray to the doctor's wisdom as they treat him. We pray, Lord, that if, as if he's conscious, he'd be awake. If he's conscious, he'd be aware of your comfort and your peace 
in his life. We pray for all who are suffering today, Lord, any of who are part of this live stream, Lord, bring them encouragement, strength, and faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, God bless you today. If you're new, thanks for joining us. Make sure you hit the subscribe, notify, and like button. Leave a comment. Tell me where you're from. I always like to know who's here. If you're back regularly, of course, God bless you. I'm so glad you're part of this community. I love you guys, and I thank you for being part of this. We are serious about following Christ. We're not once a week Christians, once a month Christians, once a year Christians. We're everyday Christians, 24-7. We see the value and believe in the value of getting in the Word of God every day. So I want to thank you for being part of this community. And I pray you will be strengthened by being so, okay? So until we meet tomorrow, and we're here every day, 8.30 a.m. Um, live on YouTube, but you can listen later in the day or watch later in the day or listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. So until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with his joy, his peace, his love, comfort you, make his face to shine upon you. Amen. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.